Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. Get your podcasts for free 99. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Thanks for hanging on. My life's been kind of an upheaval. Um, just kind of a 30,000-foot view. Kid was supposed to be born on the 31st of August. Kid was actually born on the 18th of August. Um, and my scheduled podcast for that Sunday with Felder, I was like, I could probably still do it. And he was like, sure, buddy. And uh, when I came to life, I could almost hear him laughing. So it's been kind of very much a big adjustment. Uh, Mom and baby are doing great. Thank you for everyone who's reached out. All the wishes, everyone who has been just super supportive through this insane season of my life. Um, it's been great for me to not only go through all this with my wife, but to lean on people around me who did it before me. I've been calling them my crash chest dummy dads. I've got one of them on here today. Uh, noted Florida fan, bringing it up for no good reason. Uh, what's up, Justin, for 3 Fifth Podcast? How you doing, bud? And I, I am, I have decided, you know, as, as you, you take this fatherhood journey, you're going to learn that that certain things will you will no longer allow them to steal your joy because you're going to get so much joy from your family, so much joy from your child. And I've decided, after watching them embarrass me in front of the nation, <laughs> that they're not going to steal my joy this year. We're I am talk about Florida. Hold on, we'll get to the, that's that's we have so much to talk about. I don't want to start with such a downer like that. I apologize. I should have brought that up. That's on that's on me. No, no, um, it's fine, because that's not a downer for me, because my school, <laughs> Florida A&M, did not embarrass oh, no. me in front of the nation. Oh, they, you know that they offered me my first scholarship? Really? I did not know that. They, um, so I did uh, Bowden's camp, God, junior year going into senior year. And I I was on, like, lists, but I was also, like, Larry Coker told me to my face that I was too short to ever play at Miami, and that... I should come anyway because I would raise the team GPA. I got an academic scholarship in Miami, and he was like, you can walk on and, and you'll help us out in the, in the classroom. And I was like, I don't know the sound appealing, Coach Coker. Thank you, though. Um, but, no, I was at Bowden's football camp. Um, and, obviously, it's not worked by Bowden. It's worked by all the FSU kids and, like, local coaches. And the FAMU staff was there. And, one, all the FSU kids had the nicest rides. It was very – I was like, oh. Oh, I was like 16. They were like, I get it. And I like it. Um, But two, I walked out of there. And by the time I got back to, because I left there, I think went straight to team Georgia wrestling stuff. Like I think in Colorado. And by the time I got home from that trip, there was a scholarship in my mailbox. And I said to my mother, I'll never go to class. It's it is important that at 16 years old you had that level of clarity. I just look look man, no, like I just, it's it's not a it's not the best. I will never. If I go to if I go to FAMU just as a student, it'd have been tough to get me to go to class. As a football player? <sighs> oh no, nah, buddy, hey, you would have you would have been there. What year? You would have you would have walked in what late oh oh three to oh seven. Yeah, the, you would not have been going. As some, I got there oh four. You would not have no. been going to class. I wouldn't have gone to class. Was, I knew, I know me. I was self aware enough to be like, this probably, this is one of those sliding door situations. 
Also, uh, an academic scholarship to Miami. I feel like that's missing the point of going to Miami. No, it's a great. It has a great. Okay, so I was a nerd, and I had a, I loved English, and it was a great English program. Miami's oh, a private. Miami's a private school with like great. That's why the the president hates the football team. <laughs> they're like, what if he known as a serious research university? Oh and no, like, I, I know Miami. <laughs> I know Miami's a serious school. I also know where that school is located for a seventeen-year-old. Exactly. Well, no, it's the, the, okay. Again, let's do this. So I went on a trip to Miami. It's not on South Beach. It's in Coral Gables. Yes. Like you've got to make the, the distance to the to enjoy. No, there's too much at risk. There's too much distance for me in my mind. And even then, even as a kid, I was risk averse enough to know, be like, mm, that's that's a great way to get in trouble. That feels like me having to answer a lot of questions. Until, what were you thinking? Uh, and I don't want to have to answer those questions. What was I thinking? South Beach. That's what I was Ooh. thinking. Do we really do you want need... the answer? Do you want the honest answer? Like, how well do you want to know me? All right, Justin, before we get into like the sports stories of the week, I do want to talk about this because I, I've held my son. I've, I've, I've been thrown upon by my son. I love my son. And I'm, I am staunch that he will not play football. But this is a safe space. And Susan doesn't listen to this podcast. So let me ask you something serious. Like, you know me and you, you've met me and you know Susan. We're not small people. And so when like my investment banker friends, love you guys, when they say things like my sons are going to play football, I'm like, well, genetically, it's not going to be a pressing concern. Like this kid kicks me in the throat and I'm like, oh, okay. And also, I've also got the paradox of, I don't want him to play football, Justin. But I also realized that if he asked for the moon, I'd start building a rocket tomorrow. And that's the that's the paradox, right? It's a problem I didn't I honestly didn't foresee. I, I maybe I'm an idiot. I didn't I, see this being I'm going to add, a problem as I'm immediate. I'm gonna add another layer to that problem. No, don't. You don't want him to do something. You're going to look at him and know if he wanted to, he would be amazing at it. Because he's your son, and your son can do whatever he wants. If he, if your that's, son puts his mind oh, to that's it, a, oh, that's, I, that's a real good rub right there. Oh, I, oh, oh! That, actually, considered that. So, too. so Jonathan is of that age where it's time to start doing youth sports and like start that thing. Now that we are pretending that COVID is over and we're we're doing these things outside now. Right. So now it's 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 the time where. I want to do this thing. And I look at him, I'm like, if you work hard and if you do, like, in my mind, I'm like, if he works hard and, like, actually tries at it, he'll be great at it. It is inherently yeah. unsafe and I can't protect him from it. But do I protect him from himself? That That's the paradox of parenthood right there. Do I, prote do I protect my child from themselves? Dog, I'm having him around so much art and music his entire, I'm like, you got to get in, something's got to bite. Just before you see the first click of the clack of the helmets, I need something to sink your teeth in. <laughs> I got, and we're going, I'll break my, I'll break my, I don't go to Braves games, uh, 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 boycott. I'll do all, I'll do all the things before he sees a helmet, like hit some pads. Cause I, it's, mm. and I think honestly, what's been weirder for me is that I don't like football as a fan. 
And I'm realizing this as I'm getting older and like trying to identify how I related to football. When I was a little kid, football was a thing that was on in the background. I loved, I, that's why I have all this, the, the nerdy podcasts. I love books and stories and comics. So by the time I really got into football, I'm watching things like, I'll watch how this, watch how Larry Allen trap blocks here. Like I'm watching that kind of nerdy shit. So even today when I'm cheering for stuff, I'm not like, <laughs> I'll be yelling at the TV and games I don't care about just because I see stupid things happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> why'd you lose him on the switch? Like, it's just, it's the dumbest stuff. Like, that's why I don't want football in public because no one should see me during those hours. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a problem. Yeah, I'll, I offer you this. When that day comes, and it's not going to come for like years yeah. down the road, but when that day comes, you're going to make the right decision. I don't know what that decision is going to be, but it's going to be the right one. That's a level of confidence gained by being a father for longer than like 16 days. Congratulations, <laughs> sir. Um, I did want to try to say, wait, I didn't want to hop on the podcast with nothing to say. But over the weekend, Deion Sanders occurred. He won football. Cancel it all. It's just stop the count Donald Trump style. He won football. And CM Punk doing, like, I know you're not really a big wrestling fan, so I'm going to explain it in the end of the podcast. For those who don't want to hear it, don't worry. I'm not going to. You've got other stuff long before I get to professional wrestling. You cowards. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to explain to you how, since 2014, what's happened and how we've gotten here. And just the most ass-backwards things that have occurred over the last five days. But before we get into any of that, I want to start with women's soccer. A lot of un-American people claim to be American by saying they were happy the Americans lost. But there was a rest of a term after that, and you may not realize that because America. But Spain won. They won in a fashion and under such circumstances to which I don't really want to get into right now. But during the celebration, Justin, like, there's what we saw. There's what he admitted that we saw, and there's what he says. Nah, here's what you really saw. Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm glad this is the approach you're taking because there are the three layers. There is the thing that we saw with our eyes. We saw it happen. Full stop. Full stop. You know. We saw it happen. The fact that we saw it happen, and then we remember. Oh right, did you get in trouble for this before? Hasn't this been a problem? <laughs> like. Not just a one, two, t like, don't they? No. They petitioned for you to not be here. I'm going to quote, I believe it is um, Rico indictments for no good reason. Pattern of behavior. That, do that does seem to be the Georgia special these days. Hey, now. Um, so, oh, buddy, comes out and says, nah, she said I could kiss, like, he knows there was a camera there. And he goes out there and he pulls the uh, DiCaprio from that movie all the white guys love, uh, Wolf Wall Street. I ain't fucking leaving. <laughs> Gets applauded, Justin. Him saying I ain't fucking leaving, I kind of saw that coming because as much as we are not advanced in America about these things, dogs, the, the sexual harassment atmosphere in Europe is worse. Let's just say that. I, I have this conversation with one of my best friends all the time. We just comes to like, 
because he he spent some time in Europe. He spent some time in France and Italy. He was like, yo, you know, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of improvements there, but some of the stuff is still the same. And I'm like, well, what you figured out, my friend, is the problem is men. There that, it is. That, that thing that you, that thing that you're experiencing, <laughs> the problem is men. Wherever we go, there's just certain constants. It's, yeah, the problem is us. It's a really great point. Um, and yeah, and we had the coach, I believe, step down today, which is great because people were actually uh, boycotting joining the national team, which made their win even more impressive. So I don't know. We'll see how this ends. It's very strange. Like, though, like, all of it's unfolding kind of the way you see with entrenched men not wanting to give up power. But I'll tell you what, the applauding from the media on the I ain't fucking leaving scene was weird. Very. No matter how cynical you or I may be, or like this is just, but all, it was, for me, it was jarring. I was like, oh, it's, we're not even, huh. We're not and even I wasn't going sad. to pretend. I wasn't like hurt. I was just shocked. Yeah. Like they, they just said, we're not even going to pretend that we care about this thing. We care about the guy that just won us uh, a World Cup or the guy that's going to bring us a World Cup. We care about that. We don't care about you, the players. We care about the face of this machine. And like the, the thing that like that's what keeps getting lost in all these arguments when it's like execs in boardrooms who should be replaced by algorithms versus the people who actually do the work. The people doing the work are the face of the machines. You just think you're the face of the machines because you pay yourself the most. It's like delusion writ large. And it's it'd be funny if it wasn't so globally destructive, I think is a fair assessment. That is uh, fair and accurate. All right, well, let's go to something else that's fair and accurate, or maybe a little bit unfair, and, and but totally accurate. Ronald Acuna Jr., um, we don't cover baseball here, but if we do, it's something big happened. The Braves, first of all, have put together a lineup that even for the casual observer, wah, seems a little unfair. And they've done so in like a price-fixy way where they've locked up all these young talent to long-term deals to the point where like, when people celebrate the financial decision-making, I feel uneasy just listening to them. But Ronald Acuna Jr., first time in the history of baseball since the guys whose records Shohei Otani was breaking before he got hurt, through now, first ever recorded 30 home runs, 60 stolen base season. He capped that weekend with the hardest hit home run of the year, which I didn't think was a thing they could measure, but somehow they did it. Justin, I'm not going to get into like Ronald Acuna is a star and in the, the MLB doesn't know how to push stars because if Mike Trout walked into my house right now and slapped me, I'd be very confused. But. I do want to ask, do we value this kind of new numbers in a system where there's literally a pitch cap clock determining how you can time up these deals? I think in time we will come to appreciate them if Acuna is the only one that's doing this. Right. Like okay. if, if, if he's the only one taking advantage of the new math or he's the only one that's physically capable of, t of taking advantage of the new math, then we'll say, OK, yeah, he has help. 
but no, everyone else has the same kind of help and they're not doing it the way he's doing it. Right? Like, this is not, this is going to sound like shade. And I promise this isn't shade. This isn't Ricky Henderson. That sounds like someone is about to, that, that's a very weak opening, but go on. Let's see. I'll be okay, the judge like of the shade. How about that? This isn't Ricky Henderson, right? We're like, Ricky Henderson was just, I want that. I'm taking that. Right? This is, I have a window of opportunity. And because my mind and body are so attuned, I can take advantage of this window of opportunity to max, like, to maximize my chance of getting what I want. Ricky Henderson was a stick-up artist. Acuna, uh, Acuna is planning a heist. He's got the tools to do it because I, again, don't watch baseball, don't actually care about baseball. When he hits the ball, it's electric. I, I hate when people just throw that word around, but he he is a star star, and he seems to want the spotlight. So yeah, the Braves can be a problem for a while. Like I'm I'm gonna have to address the Braves being good to my son. Again, something you said earlier about you know finding other things to bring you joy, dog. I'm having a kid on the heels of two straight national titles, and I'm you know hey hey um, on this third one. So like you're my, I don't think I don't think sports can hurt me anymore. Oh oh. Oh, 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 you say that now. Enjoy every year. I, enjoy, I yeah. enjoy the good times while they last because. Well, we're gonna get to this later on when we get to the NCAA, but I think it, it, the sustainability is different than it was in the '90s with uh, Steve. Um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' IG story from the U.S. Open. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, y'all know who this motherfucker is. He, they're doing the rehab tour on uh, Hard Knocks which almost worked on me. It almost got me. I was like, oh, this, this old man's pretty likable. Justin, I know you probably follow every the comings and goings of Aaron Rodgers. I know I do. But on his Instagram story from the U.S. Open, he shared a clip of what he called the GOAT, uh, Novak Djokovic, playing tennis. Except he respelled the name Novak Djokovic. And then had uh, crossed out the Moderna logo on the tennis court because he's 12. Do you think he's Googled who pays, who signs his checks? Not a clue. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He has not. Like, he has there's no a clue. part of me that's like, oh, he's hilarious and ironic. Like, he's being the funniest human being alive. But it's far more likely that he has no idea. He absolutely doesn't because that does not concern. Aaron Rodgers thinks he's so much smarter than everyone else. So why would he even why would he even think to look that up? Why would he even it's just the, the New York Jets signed my check. Why who who why do I need to care about who signs my check? It's the New York Jets. Why 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 would that why would that matter? That's how Aaron Rodgers approaches things. Like because if he gets the platform he wants, like I said they win a Super Bowl and he gets to talk bad about vaccines. At what point does Willie Johnson call him the office like, hey you fuck with my money? Like, if Aaron Rodgers achieves a level of notoriety, which we come with winning the Jets a title, would he also have the clout to affect the stock price? I mean, given the current client climate of uh, America and how we feel about these things, kind of. Dog? <laughs> uh, hey, congrats on the ring, man. Um, um, What do you want to see you? 
What are you, Paige? Ah, oh, bro. Uh, boss man. Wants to see you on a boat. Something about <laughs> stock prices. Like, it just, uh, Aaron, just, mm, freedom. You, you're one of those freedom of speech guys, aren't you, buddy? Freedom of speech is not freedom from consequence. You're about to learn an object lesson if you don't shut the fuck up. Um, this is a post from today. I, this is a story that kind of crept on, up on me. Chandler Jones ripped into Raiders brass and deleted posts on Instagram. Apparently, uh, he signed. He's in the second year of a three-year, $51 million free agent deal. Um, he took Tuesday's media on social media, said, and I, and I quote, <clears throat> F it. I don't want to play for the Raiders if that's my head coach or GM. I want Patrick Graham, <laughs> Ivy League nigga, <laughs> referencing Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, and Graham, the defensive coordinator of the Raiders. It's a shame that I am a top athlete with 112 sacks in the NFL, and I have to go to a local gym to work out during the season for no apparent reason. This is so wild to me. Josh, you and I know what you need to do. That's right. The problem was in Oakland. Because if it was, the Raiders wouldn't have this kind of horseshit happening in Nevada. It's almost like changing cities does not fix the things inherently wrong with you. It's like a dirty person getting a car detailed. Why won't that smell go away, <laughs> sir, to you? Sir, I, mm, we done shampooed the mats. Sir, have you taken a bath? I just why do it's so why do I need to take a bath to get the steak out of my car? Okay, well here's the problem. Okay, well right ooh, there because you are the um, source of aforementioned stank. Yeah, man, um, the call's coming from inside the house, Sarah Raiders. Uh, I do appreciate that on football eve they they still came with the stupidity. Like that's such a stupid problem to have. This is such a st- just that just someone call your fucking fifty one million dollar pass rusher. Pick up a phone, and you gave him $51 million. Hey, hey, hey Deepal, for no reason at all, remember when the Raiders didn't have the cash in escrow to pay Khalil Max guaranteed money, so they had to let him go? Hey, before we take <laughs> um, Taylor Jones inside, I'd like to remind you who his brother is. Wait, who's Taylor Jones' brother? Wait, I know this. I know this. From New York. Fighting out of Syracuse, New York. That's right. He is John, John Jones. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, hey, I ain't no company man. I don't believe in backing the, the corporation. I don't believe in it. However, <laughs> I'm going to need to ask more questions. You know what? Fair point. That that, that uh, is. Look, we 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 questions need to be asked. I, look, I'm just saying, people, folks are talking. Um, before we get into college football, which is obviously week one in the books, welcome back to the world's greatest sport. I do want to ask you about your Titans. How do you feel about going into the season with, uh, I guess, a new quarterback, the same old running back, and what else you got there? Defense is a little bit older, but not that much better, in my opinion. What do you think? Uh, it's still going to be Tannehill for quarterback. Um, oh, is it really? But yeah. Yes, it's still going to be Tannehill. Uh, until Levis or Malik 
prove to Mike Vrabel that they can act because Mike Vrabel is under the impression if it's that Will, if it's do. Will Levis, that means that they really want Caleb. If it's either of them, that means we're drafting Caleb. But there was an article that came out. I forget where, but the Tennessean reported on it, where someone said that the Titans were only going to win 12 games. And they're like, oh, this bulletin board material, you know, the time we're, we're so much better than this. I looked at that schedule. Yeah, four, four, four or five wins, that's about right for this team. They're bad. Like you said, the defense is older and not that much better. But the real problem the defense is going to have is the offense it won't be able to hold on to the ball long enough to give them a break. The line is bad. Derrick Henry, still great. The quarterbacks, bad. All of them collectively bad. The skill positions, we got excited over signing what's left of DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> like we haven't yeah, been down this road there. before. <laughs> How Again, I would the, also... Uh... <laughs> I would like to remind How everybody. How was the, the ghost of Julio Jones experience for you? How was the ghost of Randy Moss experience for me? He was a Titan. Yes, he was a Titan. Ain't exactly. Hey, man. I, hey, that's, <laughs> hey, UD Pod, man. We're giving y'all uh, trivia answers. God, man. Was Randy Moss a Titan? I'd have called you a liar. <laughs> I, my soul has seen. But this is not a good team. And the thing that's really frustrating about this team, Ryan Tannehill had a year. Uh, I remember Mina Kimes brought this up. And she said every deep ball that Ryan Tannehill threw, that it was uh, A.J. Brown's second year. Every deep ball that he threw, was caught and that has like never happened before it was like some astronomically high percentage of deep balls that were caught because everyone was so terrified of derrick henry they were like fine we'll leave mm. the 22 year old by himself oh it turns out the 22 year old might be the best receiver in titans franchise history maybe we should not do that oh we don't have to worry about that anymore we're trading him away <laughs> because we they looked at that and said ryan Tannehill was the engine not the fact that A.J. Brown is always open. They said, no, we're going to give it to Ryan Tannehill. So congratulations, you paid Ryan Tannehill. I've been on the Ryan Tannehill is bad train for so long. And like, what gets me is you like. that I assumed he wasn't starting, right? Yes. <laughs> Speaking of passengers on that train. <laughs> when you watch, like, as, as someone that watches football, you know what bad quarterbacks look like. Regardless of yeah. what the stat sheet says, you know what a bad quarterback looks like. I, it is maddening watching Ryan Tannehill and then having people try to convince me that he's actually good. And I'm like, we saw the Bengals game in the playoffs where he coughed yeah. it up three times, right? The first play of that yeah, playoff game was a pick. This affected everything. This is how sports has infected everything. Because they had to fill a 24-hour news cycle, they will sit on television and say, you didn't see what you thought you saw. Just like old buddy in Spain. Yes. Yeah, are you going to believe me? Or are you going to believe your lying eyes? That's how we got Trump. And everyone else can go to hell. I'm, I, that is not a joke. That, that was not... This rejection of reality. This rejection of... I, I can, motherfucker, I can see you. 
it we went through this with Brock Purdy. We went through this with Kirk Cousins. We went through this with Jimmy Garoppolo. I know what bad looks like. You gonna make me do this? It's not even on the list. We have all culture want to talk about. All right, fuck you, Kyle. You fucking moron. <laughs> you so fucking moron. He's so no, yo. Someone, if someone in your vicinity calls Kyle Shanahan a genius, you have every right to slap him and or call him a bigot. Because to believe that Kyle Shanahan is a genius at this point, you got to believe some sort of white supremacy that I've never even heard of. Okay, with with the 49ers, one of two things has to be true. Option one, Trey Lance was never good. If Trey Lance was never good, then Kyle Shanahan is an idiot for giving up all of that draft capital, which the Dolphins turned into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb. Justin, for the record, that's the best case scenario. Yeah, the, the best case scenario is Trey Lance was never good, bad. at which point... Is he's just bad, and, and, and Shanahan was just wrong. Right. And he can't be a genius because you gave up all this capital for someone that was bad. You have to answer for that. Option two. So much worse. Trey Lance is good. Brock (laughs) Purdy is better. But you could only get a fourth round pick for Trey Lance. But he's still good. Knowing that Kirk Cousins is going to make $100 million, Trey Lance goes for a fourth round pick. Then there's option. Well, no, then there's. I I don't think I've considered option three. Option option three. Kyle Shanahan doesn't need a, a quarterback. Kyle Shanahan needs a robot. Kyle Shanahan needs someone that will look at a play and say, I'm supposed to do this at this time and put the ball here. No questions asked. I do not need you to think. I do not need you to improvise. I need you to do X. I need you to do this at this time. Can I point out that, like, yes, we, you're 100% right about that. Um, and it's wild because it's the inverse of the Packers problem where it was like, we have Aaron Rodgers, we have to maximize this window, and they kept failing around him. They've built a perfect football team, and he keeps fumbling the biggest. It's like I've built a perfect car. I have got it, it runs on sunlight and hopes and dreams. It never can be harmed. It's got a force field and a gun, so you can destroy other cars around you. The only problem is there's no engine. What? There's no engine. It doesn't run. That's what they built in San Francisco. They built this wonderful, beautiful thing that just fucking doesn't work because you can't get the biggest part right. And yeah, it rides for a while. You can do certain things with it. But when you need to actually, you know, win a fucking Super Bowl, you look down and Jimmy Garoppolo's got his goddamn eyes closed. How do we let him skate on that? This no, band closed? he gave him a lot for, he, no, he gave all that shit for Jimmy. He's not just been wrong once or twice. He's been epically wrong about every quarterback he's ever worked with, including but not limited to Matt Ryan. He, dog, 28 to 3, my nigga. Like, also, another huge thing about this offense that everyone touts, he tends to get quarterbacks hurt. Has anyone else noticed that? Starting with RG3. Actually, excuse me, starting with Matt Schaub when he was running the show in Houston. He tends to get quarterbacks 
injured running his shit. If I'm but wrong, let genius. me know. But he's a genius. He's a genius. Nah. I, Ooh, buddy. Not today. My, and pretty sure not fucking tomorrow. Uh, I will say this, though. If a fourth-round pick was all it took to get Trey Lance, Mike Vrabel, what are we doing? That's all it took? You know what's funny? You know what's funny? If, if, if let's say the Niners don't trade a goddamn thing. Well, I'm not even talking about the picks that they traded. Things turned Tyreek Hill. Do you know who was there at 12 where their original place was? You didn't have to that year. I've looked at this. Yes, tell them. Michael fucking Parsons. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> Michael Parsons and Homelander on the same team. They could have had that. No, I'm sorry. Joey Bowe is the one that said. He is objectively a stupid man. Like, that. Like yes. all, all the jokes I say about Pal Shannon because he ruined, he killed me for the Falcon fan forever. All those jokes aside... He's a dumb man. And people not knowing he's dumb is going to drive me insane. They're going to do to Brock Purdy what they did to Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm like, again, I'm, I've, watched, I've watched that Cowboys game. If the Cowboys, of the Cowboys shot themselves in the face six times. If they shoot themselves in I the face if five times, they win Purdy, that game. I wonder if he calls Brock Purdy my new scapegoat to his face. Because <laughs> when it doesn't work, he's going to say, I just need a better quarterback, and Lottie fucking die will be here again. Buckle up, Niners fans. This roller coaster ain't, don't got no stops. The, the thing, though, is they are good enough to trick people into thinking like that they're probably going to win that division right because someone has to someone has to mathematically they're hold on let's talk about this for a second before we move on past someone has to so you guys can really hear what the fuck we're saying the cardinals have all but like started shipping playbooks <laughs> to caleb williams <laughs> he's got a locker and everything it's like mwah, it's done so that's that team's a wrap. The Rams mortgaged the, the last three years, the next four years, for that one Super Bowl. They wouldn't change a thing. See you in four years. <laughs> the Seahawks are going to let you think that Geno Smith's going to do it again. And maybe he will. But when it is, you know, what we saw, that doesn't beat the Niners. Because like another team we're about to talk about, they throw hammers at you defensively. It's just them. It's the hammer bros from Super Mario, except they're bigger than you too. But let's do this. Let's go to the college game now. Because, Justin, I don't know if you know this, but for the first time since the 1930s, the Pac-12 went undefeated through week one, 13-0. Sure would be a shame. If this fine conference were to be shipped off for parts, someone should break up the Big Twelve, Pac-12. Wait, never mind. I was kidding. Come back, guys. <laughs> Let's talk about one of those games that did happen on national television in front of um God and everyone else. Florida <laughs> went to Utah on a Thursday night. 
And, oh, uh, that was Justin, painful. For those who don't know, Justin's a Florida fan, which is one of the reasons he's here. Because <laughs> I like punching bags, and Justin is a punching bag, especially when you've had hammers thrown at your face for four quarters by the tune of Utah just running at you. Also, with while, while missing eight starters on their offense. <laughs> they were undermanned and beat you like you stole something. Also, how many... Like, procedure penalties should you have when you have a one-to-one coach-to-player ratio? Who are all those motherfuckers with polos on your sideline? It's one thing to lose a football game, right? It is one thing to just say, cool, they had, especially in college, right? Talent gap exists in college, right? It's one thing to say, like, cool, talent gap, we lost. It's another, when you watch a team quit, and be as undisciplined as Florida was. That's infuriating. I want everyone to know that I didn't fire his coach. I let him fire his coach. That's called being a good host. No, I'm I'm not even firing the coach. I'm just saying. If they quit in week one, we're not firing the coach. You, it, it's not a good look. You've got, you've got 12 weeks to get it right. I didn't say they're firing him now. I didn't say they're firing him now. Oh, it's it it's it is uh, a discussion. But I hope he's renting, not buying. It it is definitely a discussion. I also Billy Napier was brought in to recruit, right? That 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 is his claim to fame. He held up his end of the bargain. Florida boosters do not hold up their end of the bargain. Um, so I want to ask you this: If they're paying all the motherfuckers and polos on the sideline, we not cut that number and have cl- paid the kid. We like, clearly have the money. Time out. Not only that, if we're signing if we're signing players to NIL deals where we take a percentage of their NFL earnings, which means we're clearly getting the money from somewhere, we don't have the money to spend on. Isn't that why we're doing these predatory contracts? Signing people to, to, to Diddy Bad Boy era contracts? I See, I didn't bring none of that up. Y'all saw. Y'all saw? I was I, being good. I hope that young man Oof. gets every penny. Oof. Please Google what? that, y'all. That's not a, none of that. Nothing he said was a joke. It, it is a defensive lineman for the Chicago Bears who is currently suing the University of Florida for a predatory NIL contract where they were going to take a percent. I think it's fifteen percent of his NFL earnings pre-tax. Yep. I think that's what pre-tax. it was. It some something asinine. Something legitimately like like comic book evil. Yes. Like th- again, this is something Diddy would have had Mace sign. This is something Mace did sign. Like this, this is something <laughs> Mace signed. This. I don't want to say it's like that. I want to say they whited out some places and changed some names because this sounds like the 360 deals from like 1996. I have said it before. You can either be principled or good at football. Kirby Smart is showing up to high schools in a helicopter. Florida, what are we doing? Because they've chosen neither. Exactly. Which I I don't... Like, they've just, decided just to be unscrupulous it. and terrible. What if we were criminal? What if we were bad criminals? Ooh, you can see that you can see that play out um in the Fulton County Courthouse every time they talk about them people. Anyway, let's talk about some other Big 12 teams 
or Pac-12 teams, excuse me. I keep doing that. I'm never going to talk about Big 12 at all on this podcast. So, sorry. Pac-12 teams. Um, to do that, I want to ask you if you've taken in an HBO Max production called BS High. It's a Bishop Sycamore High School. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it, but I was following the story before it was a documentary. So I, I it's am... a fantastic. I am Belmonte's uh, uh, very much a big part of it. Um, he's the go-to pundit in the thing, so he's all over it. It's he does does a very good job of giving framing that I think is necessary, but also they highlight the guy in charge, and the guy in charge is like very much like I'm a con artist and I'm proud. Like it's very weird. Um, for anyone who has any semblance of scruples to watch this and be like, oh, that's how people behave. Um, it's very good. But it's about essentially a man who made up a fake school to steal money and to increase his own notoriety. And he said that I did a lot of things out of insecurity and recklessness. I bring that up to talk about Colorado. Because I'll be good and goddamn if I sit here and tell you that we shouldn't celebrate those kids, that we shouldn't celebrate Deion Sanders for doing this on this stage. But there are two things I want to say. One, Travis Hunter is him. And that what the kids say now, Justin? Him. Him, okay. Just him. It's him. Him. Um, you can't play a kid 117 snaps in a day. Nope, you sure can't. That that's, is that's, that's sustainable. That's not fucking safe. That's not fucking safe. Like, I, I, you can't. That's unsafe. And that right there, like, that specific minuscule working in the micro is a larger example of the macro problem I have with Deion Sanders. He is explo- He is someone who looked at the rules and said, well, what if we exploited him more? Because, yeah, he came to Colorado and he brought his luggage with him. And it was Louie, baby. 86 new players. That's 86 kids who had to find new schools, too. Those kids. There's a kid who got, had to leave probably. Hey, I wanted to play in Colorado because my dad played in Colorado. I was a walk-on. There's no room for me now because I'm not Louis Vuitton luggage. And, yes, I get it. There is, that's, it's the game. It's, it's, I understand. I am not so Pollyannish to, to not get why I'm being kind of whiny about this. But at the same time, Justin, we saw a lot of schools this weekend make big splashes because of radically remade rosters. We're going to talk about FSU later. FSU came out and they, they, what they did was they put an advertisement on for their portal business and how well they run it. I get it. I embrace it. I applaud it. I want the kids to have options and opportunities and, and choices the same way the, the people who are profiting off of their bodies do. But in a world where Deion Sanders can do this in eight months, Mike Norvell had to win that fucking game. Because the conversation around Brian Kelly today isn't, man, 
you know, y'all showed the bones of a top 10 team. Y'all want to hung with someone who's a clearly a very good football team. No, 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 no. The conversation is, why didn't we win every game? And so now these leashes are going to get shorter. And the mercenary thing that people are decrying, it's going to get more mercenary. Colorado's a great story. But it's a great story as a byproduct of Deion Sanders doing what's best for Deion Sanders. Because if Mike Novella lost that job, dog, the FSU jokes would have started yesterday. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. That That is definitely a consequence of this. I'm going to add another layer to that. When Dion left Jackson State, 24 players, including Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter, left Jackson State with Dion. Yes. You, you, if you want to see what happens when a team loses talent, look what FAMU did to Jackson State. That's what happens. Right? Jackson State because lost a legitimate... They lost two legitimate Heisman Heisman Trophy contenders, candidates. Yes. They lost skill position. They lost trench play. They just left. He didn't and build that, anything. And that's my issue with Dion. He's a Dion. strip miner. He's a strip miner who tells you that God told him to do this. That's fucking dangerous. Deion Sanders, God is always in the position of telling Deion Sanders exactly what Deion Sanders needs wants to hear in any given moment. That should be a gigantic red flag to he anybody. Says God, he means the mirror. <laughs> well, to Deion Sanders, what's the difference? No one's asking who he's talking about when he says God told me to take this job. <laughs> no one's asked. There's never been a follow-up. Who just, just would you say God's in the room with us right now? Okay, cool. Let's just nail down who we're talking about when we say the word God. Are you? Does he look like you? Did he have a single in the 90s? Must be the money. Did, did, did God rap sing? I guarantee you Dion would answer that by saying, well, we are made in God's image, aren't we? Dog, I, <laughs> first of all, that's the that, that's the funniest possible answer. That's what you say. I mean, like, objectively, that's the thing to say. It's funnier that way. Say that. That's funny. Um <laughs> Yeah, man, that's a, that's a lot. So let's get out of the Pac-12. It's not going to be here in a year. Um, R.I.P. to Pac-12 after dark. Like, it's going to be our last season of that. That's that's the real loss here. Is I'll be going to bed at a reasonable hour. Hey, yeah, uh, before just we talk in about time, the Big Ten. Just in time for your, uh, your newborn. Hey, look. Look. We were up watching Dabo lose last night. He likes football right, I'm telling you right now. Because anything can make Daddy laugh that much, it's got to be a good thing. Uh, before we get into the Big Ten and their Ponzi scheme, I got to ask you something. So I'm not a pregame television guy. I'll take my mornings, I'll clean the house, listen to music, hang out with the wife, whatever. Because my life's going to be gone for 12 hours. So I need to give back some before I do that. I don't watch college game day, but I've heard reports about how uncomfortable it's gotten to watch Corso do these things. He's old. He's lost a step. He lost a step when I stopped watching. And that was 10 years ago. So his steps are being lessened. But also, the other option is this emergent like Fox show. Five guys for no good goddamn reason talking about Big Ten football, which sounds just like at, like literal water torture. But one of them is Urban Meyer. 
<laughs> have you seen this clip of them talking like they're taking a, doing a two man on, on the main desk and it's a wide shot so you see urban macking on this girl <laughs> he can't help um, himself just like what wouldn't he be happier if he just admitted who he was if like he came out with like the 1996 sprayed on beard like nwo music like air guitaring like just fucking hollywood hulk hogan this bitch like wouldn't he be a more fulfilled human why doesn't he just admit who he is it would be so we all know it we all see you we, we've, we've seen, seen you we multiple got... times justin once again a theme of the episode are you gonna believe your lion eyes <laughs> A phrase that he has uttered to his wife. Oh, numerous. Oh, I guarantee he hit her with that one on he hit her with that one on Saturday night. Them lion eyes. I'm gonna go around <laughs> take them my lion eyes in the water. Uh, <laughs> also, I didn't watch the documentary, but ooh, buddy, y'all got a lot of fucking nerve in Florida trying to pass that 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 rehab tour fucking Urban Meyer bullshit off as a legitimate documentary. That was some that was took that took a lot of balls. That was a PR piece. That's like a lot that, of balls. That, that that was the Urban Meyer Rehabilitation Program. That's what that was. Mm, mm, uh, mm. I will say, what that documentary made me miss, Chris Leak. I miss competent quarterback play. You watched it. Oh, of course I watched it. It, it, was, it was bloody hilarious. It you was bloody it hilarious. Jerry. <laughs> The <laughs> again, I watch. I I remember vividly this team. Oh, the lies they were telling about this team. The stories I know, like the factual stories I know. I wasn't there, but I knew people who were, and they were involved in the play. The dog, Percy Harvin, man. Percy Har coach that allegedly. He uh, for 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 legal purposes, allegedly, allegedly, he absolutely allegedly whooped that whooped his. <laughs> we playing basketball for conditioning. No, we're running the stairs. Whoop, 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 whoop. We're playing basketball. Hey man, oh sorry. That's, that's an old guys. If you've seen the documentary, just like Google like actual stories. Like go and use the Google Wayback Machine and find stories from Gainesville, Florida, around that time. Just you do that. I'm not going to tell you what to believe. I'm not going to tell you what's true. I will tell you a local lawyer who goes by the initials HJ is prominently involved in a lot of those stories. Or spice it up. Just do Florida Man from the years 2007 to 2009. And how many of them are described as football player in Gainesville? All right. I'm sorry. Woo. Oh, oh, that's too much. All right. Back to the Big Ten. Um, both Urban Meyer and Lee Corso are odious things to watch for football. That's why you should do something else with your day. Now, Big Ten Ponzi scheme, first and foremost, Northwestern, how dare you? <laughs> Y'all were hazing? Well, like, that's what I don't get. Like, I'm sure there's hazing places where they win, like at some, at some level. But also, I, you know, also assure them, where they win, they don't have time for it. Everyone's too tired and working too hard. There's no time for this hazing bullshit. We got practice in the morning. Um, here's a fun stat. The uh, first game for Iowa this year, they won. The 
Ryan Ferentz, can he score enough points to save his job? Watch continues. Uh, the first opening drive to, of a game to end with a touchdown pass for Iowa since what year, Justin? Since 1972. Funny. Yours is funnier. Mine is sure. 1991. Um, ah. Michigan losers uh, who are saying bring back Coach Harbaugh after his self-imposed uh, ban for checks notes. Eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> he just didn't want to show up to work. I, I know what that is. That's hey, man. A, hey, man. Harbaugh's daughter is dropping TikToks. Be like, Dad's not here. Let's rage from the stadium. <laughs> he slept in. Dog had a Made nice cheeseburger some for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> he was chill. I guarantee you, he was chill. He was like, dang, it feels good to not think double, about Double, double with bacon. Oh, that's funny. Um, Ohio State, I need y'all to find a quarterback. Because, like... The Michigan shit's cute, and yeah, they're throwing the ball now, but guess when they have to? When things get tight, guess what they're going to do? Um, so, like, Ohio State is built to to win a national title, to compete nationally, except for this quarterback question, because if you can't get the ball to, oh, what's-his-face's son, whose name I'm never going to say on this podcast, um, then you've, just, you've wasted everyone's time and attention. Because Ohio State is built on that way to win a national title. Michigan's built to beat Ohio State. And so yes. if we get Michigan in a playoff again, it's just going to be sad. And uh, I'm really honestly looking for the most entertaining way to end my year because we all know where Georgia's going to be. Now, let's talk about FS. Let's talk about the ACC at large. The funniest conference in America. Because FSU, as I mentioned earlier, Mike Norvell knew what had happened in Colorado, and it already occurred, so he knew he had to do some shit against LSU. And he went out there and beat the dog shit out of Brian Kelly's team to the bat, to the point where it was the third, middle of the third quarter, and I was like, ooh, we're going to get a good Brian Kelly quote about how this is the kid's fault. And lo and behold, not three hours later, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're not the team I thought we had. Like, I was like, LSU fans, you got to see the overachieving gauntlet that Brian Kelly can, can give you. Welcome to the other side of that coin. Brian Kelly is such an odious human being. They gave Brian Kelly my, expectations. <laughs> you fools. My hatred of Florida State subsided for three hours. That's how odious of a human being Brian oh, Kelly he's is. He's such a bad person. He's such a bad person. Oh, God. I, <sighs> I'm like, I'm not gonna root for. You know, State. you know what makes you know what's my newest proof that he's a bad person. Harold Perkins only rushed the passer seven times. <laughs> you schemed yourself out of the most exciting player in college football from last year. He snuck up on all of us. A rook, a freshman, excuse me, who no one knew where he was coming from. Now we know. And what do you do? You drop him into pass coverage. You piece of shit. You ruined one thing I loved about LSU. Now look at you, blaming the kids. Speaking of blaming the kids, Clemson lost to Duke. <laughs> and I want to be very clear, listener. They didn't like lose kind of to Duke. They didn't. Uh, they didn't squeak out. Uh, uh, nope. Duke beat the dog shit out of Clemson. 
in the game full of funny stats, my favorite one is that in the second half, Clemson both never punted once and also scored zero points. <laughs> it's like an offensive uh, 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 puzzle box. It's amazing. Perfect. Just chef's Just kid. as someone who also likes to point out what an Odie's human being Davo Swinney is, how did you – I watched this game with my son on my lap giggling to myself. How did you take this game? I have to be very careful about how I talk about this game because my father-in-law and brother-in-law uh, – my brother-in-law played for Clemson and my father-in-law bleeds orange. Uh However, I wish I could have been in the room because while he bleeds orange, I he liked Dabo when Dabo was winning. Once the losing started, the true feelings about Dabo started to come out. That's what I need. That's what I need <laughs> right now. Make it when you get national titles, baby. We win and Dabo's the best. We losing? Fuck this guy. Justin. So what's like the everyone thinks it's funny because everyone hates Dabo. For me, it's more personal because Dabo broke college football for like ten years. And I explain you know this, you and I have to have this conversation. I'm explaining to the listener one more time. When Dabo got the job at at Clemson, excuse me, he was a receivers coach who was given the job to keep his seat warm before they had a real time to do a real search. Well, he turned into he turned on all that youth uh youth uh, church group leader energy. Turned it on full blast and handed everything over to the coordinators, who were actually very good at their jobs. But because they were so good at their jobs, teams wanted to come poach them. And as Clemson won more games, more people came to poach them. But what did Clemson do to, to fend them off? They just paid them more money. Because you got to remember, this is a fan base that the best things that had ever been possible for them was the fact that we had a term called Clemsoning. What's Clemsoning? Great, glad you asked. It was when you were overwhelmingly a favorite or expected to win and you do something horrendous like Lucid Duke on national television. Because Clemsoning had entered the lexicon, they could they coined Dabo the killer of Clemsoning. They used that to ratchet up their fundraising in a talent-poor state where you're the biggest school. It's a big deal. You'll notice that the years that Clemson's up, South Carolina tends to be down, and vice versa. Because it's a talent-poor state. Not shade, facts, population numbers. Now, let's do this. If you're overpaying the decisions to stay, what's happening? That means all the people around you, that means that the next wave of invites and to be head coaches go to them. And so your biggest rivals, your Ohio States, your Alabamas, they're getting gutted internally because while they have expectations hey man getting close enough to really fill the coffers so they're losing their coordinators and whatnot at the same rate you're keeping you're creating continuity when the job ended for Venables at Clemson he was making 2.5 a year as an assistant what does all this mean what it means is as these guys eventually hit a ceiling and said, hey, I want more than just the money. I got to be my own man. You go out to West if you're Brent Venables, you take over Oklahoma, then they take Caleb Williams from you and you bomb out your first year. Very funny zero notes. Um, what does that mean? It, it's not inaccurate. 
I, I know it's true. I was asking what this means. Okay, so we were able to coach on some of the recruiting that had been done in the last couple of years, and you keep bringing in new pieces that don't seem to quite be fitting. You bring in a guy who hung seven points against Georgia at TCU. You pay him a bunch of money to be your offensive coordinator, and then you score seven points against Duke. Weird. Anyway, now we're seeing that this is the end of the story. We all heard as a kid, the emperor truly has no clothes because Dabo Swinney has never been a good coach. What he's been is, is a charismatic force of personality, which made him a good leader as long as the conditions for success were right. But now you got something in there called NIL and the transfer portal. And Dabo, being a shithead, has openly said that he's against both these things and would not be exercising them. Well, Dabo, Duke doesn't use them either, and they just boat raced your ass. I think the worst thing that you can say about Dabo is on the field, yes, they were, they got the weird things happened, stupid fumbles, so the problem won't happen again. There was no talent gap from Clemson to Duke. That should alarm everyone who's hitched their wagon, hitched their wagon to the Dabo Swinney horse. Because it's one thing to say, I'm able to out-recruit everybody and then coach them up. But when you can still out-recruit some people, you don't have the guys on staff to coach them up anymore, you're about to get exposed. Not in a fun way. Was any of that wrong? As a, flan, as a fan of the University of Florida, no, that was not inaccurate. I, I have been waiting for me to be allowed to hate on him again for since he won the first title, to be perfectly honest. And it's good to be back. I, I welcome, I hope they stick with him as long as they can. And I think they should, because let's also remember they're in a talent poor state. You ever talk to a South Carolina fan who tells you about the glory days of Steve Spurrier? Because those were the best years they ever had. Double-digit wins on a consistent basis. What? And now they're chasing that dragon. They'll never get it again, but they'll get close. But now, Clemson fans, a generation of whom had never seen victory, have seen it happen. They saw what they could be. And they'll never be there again. Unless you part ways with the guy who got you there. Damn, it's good to be a Bulldog. Georgia rolled. Y'all know how it is. Uh, next week, we've got Bama versus Texas. We've already got news coming out of uh, Tuscaloosa that the Bama DBs may be banged up for this game. Is this vintage Nick Saban using the media to lower expectations? I mean, he can try. But Nick Saban has been in Tuscaloosa long enough to know that that's not going to matter. Not to that booster class, not to that I think, fan I think base. Up, I think they play. I think he set up for the Okie doke. I, for me, the, when that when that news came out, I go, uh oh, Nick's got him. Nick's got something. He don't he don't talk to the media unless he wants a message out there, and that's not a fun message if you're not if you're not Nick Saban. Yeah, I. I we all expect Alabama to destroy Texas. Do we? It was a one-score game last year. Do, so are we saying we believe it? If Quinn didn't get hurt last year, that's a fucking Texas win. Right, but do we believe in Texas? Well, I mean, that's not very. That's not a fair question. <laughs> well, so there you go. <laughs> look, 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 Coach Prime. Ask me if I believe in shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's such a sanctimonious, anyways. <laughs> Do you believe, sir, I'm with the media? <laughs> My beliefs have nothing to do with 
you beat a team that okay anyways the no, the one no, thing we're that not gonna, we're not, look no this week he gets it the, the second if it let it dog and could there be a funnier coaching matchup coach prime versus matt rule <laughs> that is actually going to be the only time where i actively root for colorado because fuck matt rule fuck matt rule <laughs> I'm the stun. Stun him. Play that kid six six hundred plays. Who cares? He's only he's only fodder for the greatness of Deion Sanders. What's he matter as a person? Um, I was trying to be nice to Deion, and I I came in here with the thought like I'm not gonna rag on Deion too hard. Ah well. He makes it so easy. He shouldn't have been himself. Um, Justin, before we get out of here, this is the last thing I want to talk to you about. So this. This weekend was a big week in professional wrestling. The last two weeks, honestly. AEW, a five-year-old promotion, ran Wembley Stadium and had 81000 paid to see a professional wrestling card. The largest paid audience for professional wrestling in the history of the world. That's fucking cool. Should have been the story of the week. Before I get into this, do you know anything about what happened this week with professional wrestling? So I know that CM Punk was fired. I am vaguely <laughs> aware of CM Punk's track record with companies. Okay. Let's do, let's um, do an explainer before I, before I talk about what happened at Wembley. Let me give a little explainer for the listeners. Take you back to the year 2014. That's nine years ago. That's crazy to me. 2014, um, CM Punk wrestles with a staph infection for months and gets a concussion And during the Royal Rumble. He basically walks out of the company. They send him his walking papers. They fire him via FedEx on his wedding day. He goes on a podcast. He talks bad about the WWE including their chief physician who then sues CM Punk um, for lots of money. Dr. Wins on this podcast. He did with his, one of his, at then time, one of his best friends, Colt Cabana. Remember the name. It doesn't matter really, but it'll matter in the story. No apologies to Colt Cabana fans. I don't, whatever. Um, he then doesn't wrestle for seven years. He takes his ball and goes home in those seven years. He takes on this kind of mythical martyr status among wrestling fans, uh, that he was this voice of the independent, the voice of somebody who wanted to change things, yada, yada, yada. You hear his name get chanted it shows this kind of a uh, re- revolt move by fans. It's very childish and annoying. It ruined many a good show. Five years ago, All Elite Wrestling starts. Um, the brainchild of... The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes, and the financial boondoggle of Tony Khan. I won't make my money mark jokes here, but you guys know how I feel about Tony. And it's exciting. It's kind of everything that CM Punk said that he wanted out of professional wrestling. It was the boys coming together and finding and creating a better option for themselves, a second option to make some money and earn a living doing this thing that they love, this art form that they had embraced. So they asked CM Punk at the beginning, hey, man, do you want to join? He never replies. He would later say on some sort of podcast, whatever, that he was offended that he got texted an offer, whatever. Egos are weird. Then he eventually decides to sign with All Elite Wrestling. 
in a deal that was a lot of money to both himself and hopefully Warner Brothers Discovery, the, the company that bought into all of the wrestling. He comes back at a, a show in Chicago. They did the first dance, um, playing off the last dance. And they literally give him everything he's ever wanted, including but not limited to ice cream pops that night with his face on them. Giving away to everyone in attendance. He should have been the happiest man alive. But from the moment he got there, there was kind of um, conversations that would leak out into the media. First and foremost, Cody Rhodes, one of the founders of All Elite Wrestling, would later reveal on a documentary about this time period. He said, look, me not re-signing with All Elite Wrestling was not a creative decision. It was not a money decision. It was a personal issue. He worked at WWF, WWE, excuse me, with CM Punk. Very interesting. Now Cody's gone back to WWE, become a bona fide super goddamn star, more pyro than God every time he comes to the building. Neither here nor there, but just something worth mentioning. Now, what you may have remembered, you know, Punk's here, he wins the world title, he gets hurt, da 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 da. Hurts himself diving in the crowd. The biggest thing that happens next is happened a year ago yesterday, September 4th. They've perfectly been referred to as Brawl Out since. All Out was the pay-per-view. At the end of the pay-per-view, having won the title, CM Punk sat on a dais in a post-match scrum answering questions from reporters. He took this opportunity to insult the owner of the promotion who was sitting to his left, insult the EVPs, Bucks, Omega, who had built this thing from the ground up with their blood, sweat, and tears. Um, insult literally everyone he works with, said, I work with fucking children. On the heels of that, he went back to his locker room. The men he insulted came to his locker room. And depending on who you believe, a fracas broke out. Punches were thrown. Someone got bit by a steel's dog. That's funny if you know what I'm talking about. And everyone got suspended. Kenny, the Bucks, CM Punk was hurt and suspended. From that moment on, there was no mention of it on television. The Punks and the, and the Bucks and Kenny served in a, a suspension, never mentioned it again. Legally, they said they don't want to deal with CM Punk. So by the time Punk's back from his injury, they don't just bring him back, Justin. They give him his own goddamn television show on TV, on TNT, excuse me, on Saturday nights. They let him split the roster to where he only has over people that he wants to work with as in the hopes to lower some of the backstage friction. He got the biggest reward I've ever seen for screwing over a moneymaker. And then at, at All Out, at the biggest professional wrestling show in the history of the world, Justin. As a wrestler is leaving before Punk's match, they get into an argument. It's a stupid fucking stupid argument is what they're arguing about. I'm not even going to into it. But in front of production staff, in front of other wrestlers, in front of other employees, in front of his boss, Tony Khan. He gets another physical altercation with a co-worker and then apparently screams at Tony Khan's face, I quit, I quit, I quit. Fuck this place. Samojo calls him down and says, look, man, it's 81,000 people out there. I want to go work this match. Let's go work this match, dude. I'm never going to have this opportunity again. They work the match. Later that week, they fire CM Punk. Justin. This isn't the most self-sabotaging horseshit I've ever seen in my entire life. I, 
so my knowledge of CM Punk, I thought it was all a shoot. I thought it was a bit. I didn't realize he was this sanctimonious asshole in real life. It's so interesting because for all the people who like, oh, he's he's trying to voice the voice was trying to whatever. He's just whole COVID in 1984, man. If I'm not going over, it's a bad idea. And if you don't like it, you can. Like, it's it's just. And he was able to power trip on a guy who was Tony Khan's a, apparently a very smart wrestling mind. He's also a fucking fan. Back in the day, you used to call these guys money marks. What's a money mark? Someone who's a fan will throw money at your project because he loves it. You can take that money mark for a ride, brother. Did a lot at TNA. Jeff Jarrett, anywhere Jeff Jarrett is, there's a money mark to be taken advantage of. Just know that. Notably in AEW right now. And obviously, he's got his wife now as an on screen character getting two paychecks for the family because Jeff Jarrett is the carniest of carnies. He's God's perfect carny, I swear. Uh, one day I will sit down and just do like a four hour podcast about the kindness of Jeff Jarrett. But CM Punk is the guy who lived the gimmick so long, he became his gimmick. You know what the argument was about? The kid didn't get, oh, first of all, the wrestler in question is Luke Perry's son. Wow, Luke Perry's son. <laughs> Jungle Boy Jack Perry, great wrestler, great charismatic. He's doing a heel turn thing. Don't really love it right now, but he's a good wrestler. Great hand. Needs work on the mic. Good wrestler. They put a lot of time and effort into it. So a couple weeks ago on Collision, the show they gave to Punk. Perry wanted Collusion. to do a spot. <laughs> hey, look. Are you a collider? <laughs> um, they... Perry wanted to do a spot um, with the guy who was feuding with Hook. That involved real glass. This is the story that's come from CM Punk's camp. CM Punk went in the production room and says, you're not doing that. It's not safe. Da, da, da. Whatever. Why Why he's whatever. During the pay-per-view at Wembley, they're doing a spot on a, <clears throat> on a car. And Jack Perry looks into the camera and says, look, it's real glass. Cry me a freaking river. And smashes the guy's face into it. As he's walking backstage at the end of his match, Punk apparently accosts him and says, do you have a fucking problem? Which, like, the more details come out about everything he's been involved in, I'm like, who is his camp talking? Like, oh, this was from his camp. I'm like, does he think this makes him look good? Like, there are people who out there who are like, hey, man, poke the ticket, he golf off anyone. I'm like, yeah, but maybe that's just professional wrestling, brother. In the 70s, these are corporate machines now. This is, you, and you can play like, oh, back in my day, but like, that's not what professional. They changed it because that way killed people. It wasn't like, a, oh, we like this style. That lifestyle was actively killing the people producing the art. So they changed it. And unless CM Punk is that much, he got a fucking award from Cauliflower Alley on Tuesday night, and they fired him on Thursday. It's hilarious. It's objectively funny. Everything that's happening around this. But we know what the funniest part is, Justin. They ran Chicago this weekend. Famously, oh. CM Punk's hometown. Oh. They fired him on a Friday afternoon, and they had a, oh, excuse me, Saturday afternoon, they had a live crowd in that United Center three hours later.
Tony Khan, to his credit, went up there and gave a speech that was fine. But the important thing is he took the heat so no worker would have to after it. Let me go eat this heat so we can do our show. And you know what they did? They ran, they ran, uh, they ran collision out of their Saturday night, and suddenly they had a pay-per-view on the heels of this previous Sunday's pay-per-view at Wembley. And Justin, it was one of the best shows I've ever even thought about putting together. It was fan to the point where, like, them making us forget about Punk was. I'm I'm very impressed as what's happened so far. And the and it's just I want to talk about this story so I can say it out loud to someone because I needed someone to hear how fucking crazy and self saboteur it is. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around what he what did CM Punk expect to happen? Allegedly, there's other reports that because it's Wembley and there's more cameras than anything there. There are reports that one, it's all on camera and it does not look good for punk. Like it's not one where he's like, like it's not a good look for punk, but two, apparently before all this happened, he and Tony Khan got in a screaming match behind closed doors where he, and I'm using the word that everyone else is using lunged at Tony Khan. Again, I have to ask, what did he expect? Well, no, based on what you've told me, he expected to get another show because every time he's acted this way previously, he's been rewarded. So clearly he expected to be rewarded for his behavior. I'm trying to pull up the actual statement. Um, I can't find the statement right now. It doesn't matter. It's, it's hilarious. It's very legalese. And it's just for me, them pulling off, those shows on the heels of that in Chicago, like knowing you're going to run these two shows, the coward's way out would have been to fire him on Tuesday. Suspend him, run your two shows, get as little disruption as possible, fire him on Tuesday, and then deal with it the fallout on Wednesday on Dynamite. It's a coward way out. And he stood there and took the bullets and then put on a fucking amazing show with featuring Brian Danielson beating someone with a strap like the point of all those comedy and all those sadness i just i love professional <laughs> wrestling because it's so stupid because the shit that happens outside the ring is way 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 more interesting than the shit that happens inside of it sometimes sometimes Justin, man i've kept you too long thank you so much for hanging out and talking about all matter of things thank you for uh helping me get ready as one of my friends who is a crash test dad i appreciate all the training and uh, and all the lessons you've you can pass on to me i will take all advice um Tell everyone where they can find more and more of your thinking and walking and talking. And uh, hopefully have you on this this fall a bunch because hopefully you'll have a lot of uh, Florida jokes to tell. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LJ90. You can find me guest spotting over at ADD Space. Uh, you can still find the older shows of Three Fifths Podcast over there. Um, if you're wondering where we have been, Eric and Brie have also had a baby. So that is – babies make podcasting hard. I don't know if you guys understand that. Um, it, it is hard to maintain a consistent schedule when there is a when there's a baby in the house. I got so, a new boss. He don't care about no time, baby. Ain't got no that, clock. I'm always on th- call. So th- there is no clock. There is no punch card. There is just uh, this meeting was five minutes ago. Where were you, sir? So y'all gonna get these podcasts when we get them. But um, we banked some of them. We've got some. Uh, we're gonna continue doing uh, the 
Agents of Shield retrospective recorded the first half of season two this weekend, so that should be coming out soon if it's not out already. There'll be more UD pods coming your way. Consistency will be coming hopefully in the next few weeks as we kind of settle in some new schedules. But uh, that was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next time.